love what uh, Pastor Andy Stanley says when it comes to our lives. He says that every one of us carries a box with us. And in that box, we have hopes, dreams, and desires. And we have this certain box of hopes, dreams, and desires, certain categories, certain places in our lives. For example, we have a box when it comes to our work, where we want our work to be like. We have our box when it comes to our relationship and friendships. We have a box when it comes to our favorite football team. My box is being crushed this year. But we have this big, big box when it comes to marriage. And in this box of hopes, dreams, and desires when it comes to marriage, we usually fill it in by the marriage we saw in our parents. Or we usually fill in this box of hopes, dreams, and desires by what we see in other marriages. We compare other marriages and say, we want that, and we grab to that. A lot of you women pull in stuff into your box of hopes, dreams, and desires on marriage by what you see on the Hallmark Channel, in the novelas. You want your husbands to be romantic all the time. But what happens often in marriage with our box of hopes, dreams, and desires, we grab our box and we dump it on the other person. And we say, you need to fill in my hopes, dreams, and desires. And for us, our box is just that. But for the other person, our husbands, our wives, it becomes an obligation. It becomes a requirement and a lot of times in marriages, this is what happens. The moment that other person does not do their requirement, we pick up our box and we leave. And we go from one relationship to another relationship to another relationship with our box. The issue is not the box. The issue is us. What happens quite often, and I see this, is one spouse does something with the other spouse's box. In other words, there's a winner and there's a loser. And I see this often in marriage counseling. And I'm saying always, often, when I ask the husbands, how's your marriage? Pastor, it's awesome. And I ask the wife, how's the marriage? Not good. See, his box is being fulfilled. Hers is not. So it's a winner and a loser. I also see this often in our marriage. And look around. Tell me if this is not true. We have our box full of hopes, dreams, and desires. They have their box of hopes, dreams, and desires. And we say, you know what? I'll just deal with my box. You deal with yours. And what happens in that marriage? They're just friends. They're friends doing life together, paying bills, raising up children. And that's not the way God intended marriages to be. Or a lot of times, our marriages are contracts. You fulfill one part of my box, I'll fulfill yours. And it's a competition. Church, that is not what God wants in a marriage. If you really want to know what God desires to have a God-honoring marriage, we need to turn to his truth. So open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. We're continuing our series in this letter of Paul to the church in Ephesus Chapter 5, we're going to pick up in verse 22. Open up your Bibles. I'm going to have the screen, uh, the verses on the screen behind me. Now, if you're married, this message is definitely for you. 
if you one day you plan to be married, this message is definitely for you. How does one have a marriage that truly honors God? What does God want in our marriages? Verse 22, here it is. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. It cannot be any clearer than that. Thank you guys for coming. Let's pray. Be careful on your way out. The husbands are saying, preach it, pastor. Amen. No, 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 no. Seriously. We've taken this verse out of context. See, men, even Christian men, look at this verse and use this verb submission. And they say, woman, submit to me in everything. Everything I say, this machismo attitude. And that's not it. Women hear this word of submission and they cringe. And that's not it. Let me tell you what submission truly is the way God intended this submission to be. Two things I want to just for us to observe. This word submission... It's a function. It's a role within a marriage. It's not dominance. Every single one of us is equal in the eyes of God. The second thing, this is a game changer. This is huge. In the original manuscripts of this verse, 22 of chapter 5, this is the way it originally read. Wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. You notice that Paul left out the verb submission. Why did Paul do that in the original manuscripts? Because the verb that Paul uses is found in the verse before. It's like saying this. Tommy, Johnny, uh, Johnny, jump really, really hard. Jump as hard as you can. And then he says, Tommy to the left, Johnny to the right. You don't have to say the word jump again. Why? Because it's implied in what he said before. In the same manner, Paul doesn't use that word submit. Why? Because that verb, that implication is found in the verb, the verse before. Verse 21, we saw that last week. Chapter 5, verse 21, it says this, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Remember what Paul has been telling us. We are to be imitators of Christ. We are to walk in a manner worthy of his calling. And then he says, this is a way you can do it. Submitting to one another. Humbling one another. Out of reverence to Christ. Church, submission in a marriage is mutual. The roles, the way it looks of the submission in a husband and the way it looks in a wife is different. But overall, the verb... The action, it's submission, one to the other, out of reverence for Christ. The real answer on how one honors God in their marriage is not to pick up your box and leave when you're not happy. The real answer is not having one box fulfilled, one loser, one winner. It's not living as roommates. It's not having a contract. The real answer on how we can have a God-honoring marriage is to have a will. Not a death will, but it's a will to fulfill. That's what God has called us to do. A will to fulfill each other's boxes, not out of obligation, but out of submission, humbling each other ultimately unto Christ. So after verse 21, Paul is going to show us how this role is done in a marriage, how this fulfillment is done. And what we're going to see overall is this. 
a wise fulfillment to the husband's hopes, dreams, and desires is unconditional submission. Not whether you want it or not. Not if you feel like it or not. And on the other side, for husbands to fulfill their spouse's hopes, dreams, and desires, what is it called for us to do? It's unconditional love. Unconditional love. And as we're going to see, I love what Paul, how he uses Christ's love for his bride for us to be an example on how we are to love our wives. Unconditionally. Let's flesh these out. Let's begin with the ladies. Ladies first. Again, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, i got to make an observation as well. Never in the Bible does God call for a woman to submit to a man. It's specific in this role. Wives, submit to your own husbands. Period. Why? Why should a wife submit to her husband? Verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ. If you have your Bibles with you, underline these words, as Christ. We're going to see this three times when God is speaking to us men. As Christ. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything. Church, marriage is meant to be this beautiful relationship between a man and a woman. Submitting unto each other, ultimately unto Christ. In reverence to Christ. I love what Chuck Swindoll says about this. He says this. If a husband loves his wife and sacrifices himself for her sake as Christ did for his church, then his wife will joyfully Love him and submit herself for him in return as the church does for Christ. And that is so true. Let me say one more thing about submission. Ladies, if submission contradicts God's word, then submission is out the door. If your husband is calling you to submit and it goes against or violates scripture or reason or morality, submission is out the door. This is the authority, not the husband. Now, put on your big pants, boys. He's going to talk to the husbands. Five things Paul's going to mention. And as we're going to see, there's a lot more in our responsibility than it is in our wives. You guys ready? Buckled up? All right. Put on your helmets. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Here it is. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now you're thinking, yeah, I'm a man. I could do that for sure, pastor. There's more. Hold on. Verse 26. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. The purpose of Christ's sacrifice for his bride is for us to be holy, to be sanctified, to be justified. That's what Christ did. It was purposeful. Why? Why did... Christ do this for us, verse 27, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. 
What a beautiful reflection of the love of Christ for his bride. It's a reflection that we need to emulate men towards our brides. Five things that Christ did for his bride. He loved her, gave himself up for her in order to cleanse her and sanctify her. Ultimately to present us to himself. When Christ returns, we will be united with him forever. Christ's love for his church, for us, for the bride, was purposeful. He didn't only say it, he showed it. There was action in his love. Christ's love for us was his death on the cross. And through his death, we are forgiven. We are cleansed. We are freed from the, from the bondage of, of sin. He has made us holy, set us apart. And one day, like I mentioned, we will be with him forever. And what Paul is saying to you men and to me is love like that. Don't just say it. Do something. Live it out. There's action in love. Show it. How can we show it? Let me get practical with you men. Surrender yourselves to her. Put her first before you. I love what Paul says in Philippians 2 verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Stop being prideful. But in humility count others. Others is your wife. Count others more significant than yourself. We are called as husbands to encourage her. Be there for her. Physically, really be for, with her physically, not on your phone, not watching TV. Be with her physically. Be with her emotionally and more important, important than that, lead her spiritually. That's the role we're called to do. Loving like Christ, men, means forgiveness. Is showing grace, not holding grudge. We are to forgive the way Christ has forgiven us. Loving her biblically means honoring her. This is huge. All of these are, but this is huge. Listen closely, men. This is not me speaking. This is the authority. God himself. 1 Peter 3 verse 7. He says this. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. How do we do that? Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessels since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. So that, so that, listen, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Do you know what God is telling us men right here? If you're coming to God, Father, please help me with this, with my work, with my situation. God is saying, whoa, no. Go honor my daughter first. Go be a man I called you to be. And then when you're honoring her, then come back to me. That's what God is saying. I told you, men, he's rougher on us. Not me. Not saying it. God is. Not done. Not done with the husbands. Verse 28. In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. It, it's like Paul is saying, okay, guys, I know you're men. You're kind of like, uh, I don't get it, Paul. Okay, let me make it very simple for you. This is what he's saying. You are to love your wife. You are to be responsible for your, for your wife. You are to provide and protect your wife as if she were you. That's what he's saying. Okay, some of you are looking at me like, I still don't get it, Pastor. Let me make it even simpler. 
Let me ask you the question, men. What is the most important thing in your life? What do you live for? What do you do daily? And I know we're at church. You're probably saying, it's God. Okay. What's the second most important thing in your life? You've got the answer? Put her first. Period. Whatever you need, I'm going to sacrifice myself, step back, and you step forward. That is what Paul is calling us to do. That is the true, unconditional, sacrificial love we need to emulate. Put her first. He goes on. He who loves his wife loves himself. I love what I read about this. Look, look, look what I read. The way a man treats his wife reflects a lot about his own character, integrity, and self-respect. Boy, isn't that true? I can tell a lot about a man the way he is a husband. I can ask the wife how she is being treated, and it tells me a lot about who the man she's married to. Verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ. Three times, just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. We are united in him. We are in him. Three times, gentlemen. Three times God is calling us to love our brides as Christ. Are you? Be real. Are you men loving your wives the way Christ has called us to love our wives? I'm, I'm not trying to be harsh. And this is what I know to be true. When a man changes in the marriage, when a man emulates this, the marriage changes. It does. Because we're called to be God-honoring husbands. We're called to honor God in our marriage. Paul goes on and he's going to quote Genesis 2.24, verse 31. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is where marriage was first ordained. This mystery, verse 32, this mystery is profound and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. The union between Christ and his church, Paul's calling it a mystery. But he's also saying this mystery, this union between a man and a woman, this oneness reflects the oneness of Christ and his church. A godly marriage is a will to fulfill. Not our obligation out of honor, out of reverence, out of awe for Christ. How is this fulfillment accomplished? In a nutshell, Paul's going to tell us in verse 33. He says this, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband's husbands. Love your wives as Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands by showing respect. It takes humility. It does. But in humility, there's reconciliation. And in reconciliation, there's unity. Just like Jesus Christ humbled himself so that we can be reconciled to the Father. I love what Paul says in Philippians 2 verse 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind, he says, among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, being God himself, 
did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself. He humbled himself in perfect, willing obedience to the Father. He humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. I'm going to leave you guys with homework this morning. Because it's true that information without application, there's no transformation. So do this. If you're married, do this homework. If one day or you're in a relationship that seems pretty serious and plan to be married, do this homework. And there's three steps to this homework. First step, bring your box of dreams, hopes, and desires and give them to Christ. Because he is the only one that will truly fulfill them. See, your spouse is going to fail. It's going to fail. But he won't. Second step. Come together and share what's in your box. Ask each other, what's in your box of hopes, dreams, and desires? And share. Now, ladies, this is what most likely is going to happen. The husband's going to say, no. I just want to give everything to you. Pull out a violin. Everything I do is just for you and the kids. Ah, yeah, yeah. No, men, speak up. You do have a box of hopes, dreams, and desires. Share them. Men, most likely, this is what's going to happen with the ladies. You're going to ask her, what's in your box? And they're going to respond, you don't know? We've been married for 30 years and you don't know? That's the problem. We're not mind readers. Communicate, communicate. It starts with that. Third step, fulfill it. Have a will to fulfill. It breaks my heart to see marriages crumble, and I deal with it daily. I come home to my wife and I say, Why? Why? Why are we so stubborn, men? Why are we so prideful? Imagine, imagine if we started today having a will to fulfill. Imagine what changes would come in your marriage, in your family. Imagine our community when they see Grace Bible Church having marriages that are honoring God. They will say, whoa, what's going on? How can you? How could you? Why do you? And we say, Christ that to be in our family at Grace Bible Church. Our families are coming together, not being torn apart. Let's have a will to fulfill. Let's pray. Father, we do give you thanks and praise again that your word is true. Humiliate us, our stubbornness as husbands, as wives. First step. Your son took the first step and walked out of heaven. He humbled himself to the point of death so we can be reconciled to you. Whoever's more Christ like in the marriage, have them take the first step to reconcile marriages, to have a will to fulfill. I pray that wives submit to their husbands because the husbands are submitting unto you. And when that harmony obedient in that. Marriages are beautiful. And when a marriage reflects 
the love that your son has for us, we get the opportunity to share the gospel. That is our prayer. That is our hope. That is our dream. That is our desire. We love you, Father, and we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Love you, church. God bless you guys.